Episode 33, Halo Podcast. I think I used to use, you know, gosh, this is awful to say, tears with my husband in the beginning to try to get him to um, see what I'm saying or like, I don't know what that was, but I do. I remember they would come naturally. I didn't have to try to make them come. Welcome to Hey Love, engaging the introverted woman in soul care, spirituality, and social spaces. Here, it's all about relationships. Hey, love. Thanks for tuning in today. How was your Easter? Hope your celebration was sweet and meaningful and beautiful. We had a great time. We had a bunch of friends over for dinner over the course of several different nights. And we went to see Lee Strobel's story, The Case for Christ, And let me tell you, if you haven't seen that movie yet, you gotta go, like today. I'm serious. This is not one of those cheesy Christian movies. It was so well done, and it's really one that you can be proud to bring your neighbor to, or your friend to, or your coworker to. It was so good. Lee Strubble's story is just so unbelievable. It makes it really hard to stay an atheist. A fish swimming in the ocean, denying the whole time the existence of water. That's what it would be like. Think how hard you'd have to try, how hard you'd have to work to convince yourself that there is no such thing as a God, a loving, caring God. Highly recommend it, The Case for Christ. Well, I did that reading that I was telling you about for the Good Friday service at my church. I was just glad that my fly wasn't down like it was all through the rehearsal last year. I'm really happy to be with you. I'm your host, Carthy Masters, and I want to tell you a little story. Years ago, I had been having sort of an ongoing conversation with the Lord about serving the poor. Basically, it began as I was walking out of a drugstore one day. I saw this homeless woman sitting on a bench, so I made my way over to her and chatted with her for a little bit. I gave her a ride across town, but only after I prayed about it. Do not do this until you feel that God is giving you the go-ahead to do it. So don't hear me say, give every homeless person a ride every time you see one. After I dropped this woman off at her destination, I prayed for her and I asked, God, what are you going to do about all the poor people in this community? And his answer to me was almost audible. He said to me basically, Well, I'm waiting to see what you're going to do about the poor people in this community. It was so convicting. So I'm pondering this in my heart, this conversation with God and the audible voice and how I feel compelled to do something, but I'm not sure what. And the Lord kept putting a woman on my mind and in my path. And I would say that she was sort of an acquaintance back then. I met her in a Bible study called Gospel Transformation. I knew that she had been doing some work with death row inmates and helping the underserved here in our midst. Maybe she could help me figure out what small part I could play. That acquaintance was Amy Sheehan. So I call her up, and right away she introduces me to her best friend, Miss Janice, and all her neighbors who live in the local housing projects. Amy had been bringing food to this sweet community for years by then and had started getting the women together in the neighborhood for art lessons. So the first time I show up to do art with the women of Create Together, which is what she called the ministry, 
I recognized several of the names of the participants. It turns out I had actually taught some of their relatives years ago in Vacation Bible School, which was held in the park right down the street. We put it together that I had some of their kids and their grandkids in my class 20 years ago in the park. So fun to make that connection. Here I am now working with their grandmas. Miss Janice passed away last year, and hundreds and hundreds of people around here attended a memorial service in her honor. Have you ever been to a funeral in a black church? It was something I will never forget. There was a huge choir, and it was one of the most worshipful services ever, a celebration, really, of a life well-lived. Miss Janice left an indelible mark on her world, which spanned several generations and every color and race and echelon of society. And we will not soon forget the impact that she had on the culture of this town that she called home for almost 50 years, our beloved little Franklin, Tennessee. This is going to be a two-part interview. Today, Amy and I are going to talk about why she believes God led her and Miss Janice, even with all their differences, to become best friends, how that worked. And having just come out of Easter, Amy and I are going to discuss the significance of Mary Magdalene's response when she saw the resurrected Christ. The word she used, Rabboni, it's a term used for honorable teacher, yes, but it also indicates a very close relationship. It's more my dear teacher. And we'll explore the question, does art imitate life or does life imitate art? I wonder out loud how much we've learned about resolving conflict from TV shows and movies that we've watched. We both openly confess our mastery of manipulation, our theories on where those behaviors come from, and we share what delivered us from the need to control and manipulate people, especially our husbands. I will tell you why I sometimes wish for relational or spiritual Alzheimer's. I'll give you a hint. The blessing of a good memory can sometimes feel like a curse, too. It's a pretty honest conversation here. Speaking of memory issues, Amy can't quite remember the exact year she got married, but she does remember part of a song which played as the soundtrack of her teen years during a fond memory, and she does remember to bring sidewalk chalk with her on hikes so she can leave messages of love on the ground for strangers who come behind her. She is truly one of the most caring, giving, loving people I've ever known. I am so pleased to introduce you to this woman. She's an artist, leader, daughter, wife, mom, encourager, servant, prayer warrior, who was an acquaintance and and then overnight became one of my closest comrades, and a true soul sister, Amy Sheehan. I'm so excited to be here, too. Well, one of my dearest friends. I don't say best friend anymore because... Right, you don't want to offend somebody else. It's really not your best no, friend I'm, like me. I don't me. want to put the pressure on you. Oh, favorite. I know what I really am. <laughs> <laughs> well, first tell me your childhood chum story. What's, what's a favorite memory from your childhood? Okay, well, so when I was thinking of childhood memories, like my favorite are climbing trees and um, running through creeks and like discovering things outside. So I had a hard time picking a chum story. Did you or have a best about friend that, that like, you spent a lot of time with? So um, in high school, I um, 
Yeah, I had a couple of good friends, and most of the time, those memories that I think about are when we were just driving and listening to music and, you know, not engaging with a bunch of people or whatever, yeah. or watching the airplanes. You used to be able to go to the airport mm. and pull right up to this fence, we and we would just too. sit, and we could, they would get so <laughs> close, and we could yes. watch them. I love that. Mm-hmm. Do you have a favorite soundtrack that plays in your head whenever you remember the planes? One song in particular, or an artist? Oh, well, yeah, it was, oh, what, that was the, that girl group, what was, um, Candle something, did they sing a candle song, like a candlelight or candle? Candle in the wind? Maybe something like that, I can hear it. That was on John. No, it was something like, um, <laughs> is this burning and eternal? Bangles. Close your eyes, give me something, something, yes. baby, yes. Do yeah. you hear my heart burning? That can song. you da, 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 da. I can hear it. Yes. Am I only dreaming? Yes, that's it. Yes, that was it. We got it. Alright, so tell me what you do for play now. Paint. Hi. Yeah, baby. Leave little secret gifts for people within it. To tell that story, that's so good. Well, now I'm doing it in public places when I, um, especially, I don't know that I want anybody to know this, though, but especially, mm. like, when I'm... To all my three some, listeners, Someplace I will grab, like, if I'm ordering something, and maybe leave a little painted little something. But when I go on a hike, so I like to take sweet. sidewalk chalk or something that I painted small and hide it someplace, leave it. So sweet. That and, is played to me. Is there a particular theme when you paint something with sidewalk chalk? It's like always a leave? heart. Always a heart. Always a heart. Yeah. And you are all heart. Tell me one woman who helped shape your character. Why well, two. That's the So you. Oh, Amy. I'm so honored. Mm-hmm. With feeling my feelings and... Um, recognizing them and voicing them mm. and then miss janice yeah because i could see life through her eyes and completely different because we were in, you know she lived in public housing and um we're complete opposites the color of her skin is not the same color as mine so her family everything everything completely from a to opposite. z i mean yeah you know she her grandparents experienced slavery like uh, wow Complete opposite. So she was so generous. And, um, well, God just connected us on purpose so that we both could grow and see other people differently and love at the same time. Tell us a story about how you met Miss Janice and how you got to be The first so time we ever met was um, our first conversation was prayer, was a prayer. Mm. I was delivering food, and Stefan, um, this man in the neighborhood, walked to my car and asked if I would pray for his friend who was really struggling and hurting. And I said, yes. And he said, I'll be right back. And he went and got her, and she walked out in this purple robe and this wrap around her head. That's who um, he wanted you to pray for? Mm-hmm. Miss Janice. Uh-huh. Yeah, because she, um, she used to sit with senior citizens and um, disabled seniors, and they had let her go. And so she had been... Mm upset because she loved to encourage and sit with people and wasn't wanting to get out of the house or do anything. And so she just came to that stop sign, corner of her house, and held my hands and was mm-hmm. crying. And I, we prayed. I prayed for her. I prayed for her for weeks. And then, I mean, that's not the Janice that, that we know, that we knew. 
No. Mm-mm. I mean, she's a rock. Yeah. So tell me how it started going both ways. Because she started praying for you, too. She did. So I just kept delivering food and um, see her every week. And I would leave her little secret things in her little mailbox or something. And um, oh. she wanted my phone number. She sent me a thank you card and one of my address. And then she would start calling me. And I would call and let her know when I was um, if I was going to be late delivering food. So it just kind of became as she was just a point person for that that area in the mm. neighborhood. And then um, my dad was diagnosed with cancer. And so when I was delivering food, she would ask me how I was doing and really wanted to know things about my life, how many kids, like all those things. Mm-hmm. And so God just was showing me at the same time, because that's kind of the same time when we met through Gospel Transformations, mm-hmm. that um, to become someone's friend and to really love them, you, you need to share yourself yeah. and share your feelings. Yeah. And so I really was practicing that on her. Like, wow. I trusted her enough to, if I was going to be in a relationship with her, then I needed to tell her what was really going on in my life and how I was feeling. And we would just sit on her front porch and, mm. and talk about all that stuff. both vulnerable with each yeah. other. She and came then, to my dad's funeral. Yeah. And she made sure that I saw her. So sweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was a friendship that spanned how many years were you best friends with her? Seven. It's a number of completion. Yes, she would would have said that too, yeah. Mm. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, she was amazing. Remarkable woman. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm honored to be in those ranks. Tell me what is your favorite Bible study of all time? Gospel Transformations. Mm. It's the hardest one. I mean, it's not fun. It's it's really yuck. A lot of people um, that, I mean, I know several women who don't finish. It. Because it's so yeah. Yeah, and then you know it was one year, and then I, I know that you know at our church they expanded it to two years, mm-hmm. just because it's a lot. Yeah, I mean it's no joke going through. I mean going through some of the the, the layers of sin. I didn't even realize that defensiveness and justification and some of those sins like they are like they're mm. sin. Mm. You know they're not yeah. just coping skills and how we deal with conflict and relationships. It's sinful. Mm. I mean, Adam blamed Eve, like, you know, I think that's the second, third page of my Bible in Genesis, like, right away, like, oh, it wasn't me, it was her, like, that is wrong. Yeah, and then he blamed God. Yes. For sending her. Yes, that blame shifting, defensiveness, justification, all those, those are all walls and little layers that we put on to conceal and hide. And we all do it. Big leaves, yeah, we all do it. We're all human. All do it. We all do it. And Mm -hmm. so the key is... Um, one thing I learned in that study, which I, I've done five times, and I'll probably do it again. <laughs> and get, when someone becomes a Christian, that should be like the manual they give Right you. on. Here you go. I agree. Because I would have been a different person had totally. I done it before I was like 38 or 39, yeah. whatever. I remember thinking that and reading Jack Miller talking about repentance and how it's not how sinful, in this case, how defensive we are, how... Um, wrong we are. It's how repentant we are. Yes. That's what God cares about the most. And so when we recognize, okay, I've been such a jerk, Mm -hmm. you know, and I can go and repent because I know that I'm accepted in the beloved. Absolutely. The grace extended to me Mm -hmm. now allows me to feel safe enough to go, yeah, I did screw up. You're right. Will you forgive me? Yes. And to be asking not only like in the case of my husband or a friend, 
not just will you forgive me, but now will you trust me again? That's asking a lot. That is a lot, right? It's crazy. And because I may do that same thing over and over and over Absolutely. and over again. Absolutely. Yes. And yet with the Spirit, I mean, He He leads us in that and He shows us and enables us to trust again mm-hmm. and be vulnerable again. It's just mm-hmm. phenomenal. Over and over and over. Yeah. Yes. What do you wish you could tell the 20-year-old version of yourself, Amy? In regards to relationships? Yes. Um, Your relational, do try this yes. at home. So that um, when you argue, it's, it's not a win-lose game. Mm-hmm. Because if you win, then you both lose, whoever you're in a relationship with. Husband, boyfriend, girlfriends, whatever. It's not a win or lose because everybody loses if, if you're fighting to win or your desire to be right is greater than your desire to love. Like, you lose too. That's a great point. And with regard to love then, um, you know, unconditional love, I've tried to find that word, unconditional love. I mean, it's not in the Bible. I don't know where we got that from. Hmm. Love is Katy condition- Perry song. Lo- maybe, I guess. <laughs> I mean, love is, con- it is conditional. It's no record of wrongs. It's um, patient, kind. It always protects, always trusts. Mm. So if you're going to love in whatever relationship you're in, you ha- it's, con- it's based on those conditions. It's oh, not- you're flipping it. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, because it's how, it's how we um, are going to love that other person with those conditions. This that- is love. Huh. That is love. That's a great way to look at it. It's harder, mm-hmm. but then I guess that maybe looks unconditional, you know, if you're going to keep no records of wrongs. Right. And love and always trust and always protect and uh-huh. be patient and kind. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, not it's self-seeking. Really, it's impossible. So it's really about the, how you're loving the other person. Yeah. And action. Yeah. And it's totally impossible. Yes. We cannot love another person without the Holy Spirit. No. No. Can we? Mm-hmm. No. No way. No, because he, he is love. Yeah, especially with your, you know, mm-hmm. I like the way you're painting it with the First Corinthians 13 mm-hmm. paintbrush. It's like we cannot do any of that. That whole list is going through my mind. Hold no record? Really? <laughs> don't, don't remember mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. sin against me? Uh, that's yeah. really hard. Or maybe you remember, but you love and have In no spite. resentment and no holding it against you yeah that's great because so often whenever oh in our first years of marriage if we would have in conflict i would bring up well remember when or i mean i could oh my memory was so good oh, with the oh past. me too it's just yep no, yeah we love how god would, loves us and you know he doesn't say oh remember when you did that no mm-hmm. oh thank goodness but you know i think about when i I was always told, you have such a good memory. How do you remember addresses and phone numbers so well? And so the blessing became a curse after I got married. Because like That's, you, yes. I remembered every nuance and every time yes. he looked at me sideways. Facial expression. Or, yeah. <laughs> every, and every time yes. he said, um, funny or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he didn't remember any of it. No. He was, his slate was completely wiped either. clean. It was yeah. like the day was new and mm-hmm. he was completely yes. clear. And he held no resentment. And he had no record, but I sure mm-hmm. did. Mm-hmm. So, you know, every once yeah. in a while, I pray for spiritual Alzheimer's. It's like, I don't want to remember all that stuff. Mm-hmm. It is challenging. Yeah. Challenging to love, even though, even in all of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
tell me um, what do you hope that a close friend might say at your funeral? I really maybe if I was really be thinking about like because I've never thought about that before, but that I loved well or that I um, wow. Dan's sister-in-law, Oshina, has a great... She is a songwriter. Um, there's a line in one of her songs, Live Nothing Left. I, I would like somebody to say that she lived nothing left. That mm, like left it I all out all, on the I field. I was all in, all out there. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. I better get busy. I bet you'll get busy. I better get busy. You, you've <laughs> better done get busy a lot living. of that, I think. <laughs> living wholeheartedly. Tell me what is your style of relating. Like, Okay, so you know what? In a relational, like in conflict, stuff, I was a really good manipulator hmm. in a way that to try to keep the Very peace honest. like to try to manipulate um especially my husband oh. in the beginning like um wow you know manipulate him to see see what see me see don't you see me trying to keep mm. the peace don't you see you know all of that i think that's you know very manipulative hmm I think I used to use, you know, gosh, this is awful to say, tears with my husband in the beginning to try to get him to um, see what I'm saying or like, I don't know what that was, but I do. I remember they would come naturally. I didn't have to try to make them come, but they would come. And I think it's just because, you know, you would know, go with I was it. doing it, like using some drama in there, kind of like every Cinderella or Disney st- movie. You know, there was that conflict, and there was like that happy ending. I think I felt like in a, like in the this is a part dating where I cry. relationship. You know, wow. especially not maybe you know with with my girlfriend relationships. It was I'm gonna make you laugh to cover up any you know conflict. Uh-huh. Like that's probably the party girl. Yeah. But with you know with um, dating relationships with my husband early mm. on, it was. This is the part where I cry or whatever, and you're supposed to ride in a white horse and be, oh my gosh, I'm wow. so sorry, here's flowers too. And, you know, like really, <laughs> mm, that's not how that works. That's manipulation. I appreciate your honesty so much. Yeah, that's horrible. Though. Wow. But thank you. I remember one time, um, one of the earlier Bible studies at Fellowship, they, the teacher, Rhonda Miller, read through the story of Elijah. Mm-hmm. And everybody was asked, which character do you um, identify with the most? And Jezebel was not one of the characters listed in the multiple choice question. But that was the first one I went to because mm-hmm. I knew I was so manipulative. And it's like, I think a lot of women don't even realize how manipulative yes, they are. We are. So I wonder if that I mean, goes back to Genesis. Like we are. Right? We're, yes, we are. Yeah, because it, you know her part of her curse was... You will run over your husband, and I mm-hmm. wonder if that means you know you will I try to so. manipulate. And I think that's why our memories were so good. To I mean, we can keep track of all those wrongs. Dang girl, and we're not. That's not loving yeah. somebody. So we repent. Yes, you know. Yes, God sent a redeemer. Even back then, knowing. But those are all. I mean, just so many layers of like fig leaves when we manipulate mm-hmm. and become that way. Because yes. then, when we realize and are aware. That, that is manipulation. I mean, we created our identity to even look that, like that Cinderella or whoever. Interesting. Yeah, we got to peel all that off and just, yeah. And it just goes to show, you know, um, how life imitates art or art imitates life. That's the question mm-hmm. of the years, I guess, of the centuries. And I see my daughter imitating art a lot. Some scene that she you know, saw on some show or a movie, and I'll think, are you 
<laughs> Are you yes. right now displaying what you saw in that show? And I'll catch her and we crack up mm-hmm. because she's a little drama queen like yes. me. But we learned so much about how to do conflict, how to do relationships from the arts. Absolutely. So when yeah. you consider, you know, what an average 20-year-old is taking in now in the way of art. Gosh, can you I, imagine all that social no, media? And, I, I would be so confused. Yeah, I would be too. And he's a relational God. Mm-hmm. I really do believe that he wants us to be happy yes. inside relationships. Yes. That's possible. Yes. But I the see fullness a lot of, of yeah, him. But I see a lot of women running away from relationships because they've been hurt. They, they're scared. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I was too. Stick it out. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah, you're love is a labor. It's an action. It's not. Mm-hmm. We always think it's that, that feeling. Right. Oh, I got butterflies. You it's know, a he's bird. the one. Mm-hmm. It's not. That's not totally love. That. That's not. Yeah. That's good to have that. Yeah. But it's only a part. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, why didn't Cinderella ever stand up anyway? I mean, who wrote those Disney movies? I mean, really? Like, we should redo all the Disney movies with I think conflict resolution and make Cinderella stand up and say, like, are you kidding me? Yeah. But what, what could she do? She was living in the dungeon. They locked her away. Maybe she could have run away, but where would she go? Like... I don't know. It or maybe like she was castle. just like, I'm keeping no records of your wrongs and I'm serving you. Here's your tea and here's your, I'll do your laundry and all that. Maybe that, uh, I don't know. Maybe she was right. I don't know. But I do feel like they've rewritten a lot of, um, if not Disney, uh, like a Barbie Someone movie is. that I saw mm-hmm. recently. Barbie was like a different person. She was not the old Barbie. Okay, that's good. Yeah, she really rose up. Did she have a different body shape? Uh, not necessarily, but she was the heroine. Like, it was, it's, I've seen kind of a theme because how old is Ellie now? 11. Okay. Well, when my daughter was, um, a couple of years ago, she was watching some of those movies and I, and I kind of noticed a theme that, um, the female character was becoming the heroine and rescuing the would be hero. Yes. Like the man, right. like even in Hunger Women Games. Don't have to be Do you remember in Hunger Games? Yes. Hun- Hunter- Hunger Games. Hunger Games. How could mm-hmm. I forget that? In the Hunger Games, when Katniss um, put Peta in the cave, like dragged him in there because he was injured, and then let him sleep, and she went out and conquered. Yeah. That's a reversal of yeah. roles. Not saying that's bad or wrong. Right. I'm just saying it's interesting to see the shift. And so now, if women young women are imitating art now in their lives. Mm-hmm. Their role is a lot different than what... Maybe they're manipulating in a different way. Maybe. You know? Mm-hmm. We learn to manipulate a certain way, but they're learning a different way. Well, I think sometimes also we always go to the extreme mm. of something before, like, the pendulum will swing back. Right. You know, like women used to be seen like, you know, only victims in this, and then now, you know the feminist movement and all that, then we're way over here. And right. we'll have to come back and just look at what God says about all that anyway. Yeah. Because that stayed the same. It's true. And I love the way, e- even in that ancient culture, how Jesus treated women. That was shocking to me. And I yes. would read passages of Scripture like Luke 10 and Luke 7. And 
uh, marked him, where he treated the child, you know, said suffer the children to me. I was like, who is this? Yes. So even the women that followed Jesus around, they were not in a subservient role. No. I mean, he really and he appeared to them first. Yeah, he yeah. came it's to like, Mary Magdalene, yeah, who was tell. possessed by demons, and you know, basically mm-hmm. the crazy person in town. Like we would think of her as maybe a homeless, heretical, possessed person living on the street corner. Mm-hmm. And she was the one that he came to first, and he and, and she called him Rabbani, you know, this intimate teacher, uh-huh. mentor relationship between the two of them. So he honored women in a way that was so stunning and attractive to me. Yes. Love, love Jesus. Yes. Love the way he related and mm-hmm. still does. So tell me, um, when did you first know you were in need of grace, Amy Sheehan? Well, I became I became a Christian. I mean, I grew up in a Christian home. I was in elementary school. Really? Yeah, we were at Mulberry Baptist Church. <laughs> and it's funny, my babysitter got baptized and became Aww. I mean, you know, everybody he went down there. My babysitter was our friend of ours, family friend at the time. Um, I remember seeing him walk down. You know, I'm sure they were singing Just As I Am. And, there, and he walked down. <laughs> and at the invitation at the end of the sermon. And everybody went up and shook his hand afterwards. And I was sitting there thinking, oh, I want to do that too. I want people to shake my hand. <laughs> um, <laughs> and felt the tug too. I mean, who doesn't like when they're playing, you know. And, oh. the, and any minister has a call of invitation and wants to invite you to come down. Like when you're invited to go somewhere, especially I, I want to go. Yeah. You know, not with an understanding of what that really meant, but I want to go. I'm, hey, I'm coming. So Here's he an had invitation. an invitation you invited, at the baptism. I'll walk down too. Yes, I, want, I believe in Jesus mm. because I grew up in a home that, that we just, he, he was everywhere. We did. But he didn't capture my heart until around in between 37 and 39. Oh, I am going to leave you hanging here. I know you're so curious. You're just dying to know what happens next. Well, I hate to cut her off. I wanted to honor our time frame, but she is going to finish the rest of that story. So tune in next week for that. Isn't she so fun? I hope that you have a soul sister that you can call in the middle of the night like I have an Amy. In fact, some time back when I had some kickback from Lyme disease, I asked her and a couple of other women to pray and fast for my healing. That's really asking a lot of a person. But we are wired, you know, as humans by God to need that in life every once in a while. Can you believe how honest Amy is about being manipulative with her tears? That was so real. I'm still repenting of my tendency toward manipulation, even now at 54 years of age. I catch myself every once in a while still. The good thing is I married a man who doesn't let me get away with it ever. When I first started playing head games with Blair, he called me out on it, and I was so glad. In fact, that's the moment at which I knew I need to marry this man. Here's what happened. First, you've heard most of the backstory, but just in case, I'll recap that for you. I met Blair through some mutual friends. They were all trying to get him to ask me out, but I gave him this weird vibe, so he stayed away from me and said, no, I'm not getting near that woman. 
Then, when he finally did muster up the courage to call me, I said no. Well, I said maybe, but I need to talk with a friend first, which was even better. I think it was even worse than no. See, we had this mutual friend, and I wanted to get some feedback from from that friend before I said yes. So our friend was a guy and happened to be Blair's roommate and my best guy friend. He was really like a brother to me, and I was more or less just wanting to ask permission before going on a date with Blair. So I said to Blair on the phone, hey, thanks for calling and asking me out. I'm going to go talk to our friend. And can you call me back tomorrow after I've had a chance to think about it? And I'll let you know. And Blair said to me, after the hot place you put me through today, except he didn't say hot place. He said some other word. After the hot place you put me through today, I don't know if I'm ever going to call you back. (laughs) Whoa, I like that. He was not going to take any crap from me. And that strength that he showed me really drew me to him. Needless to say, we did end up going out on that first date and then two other dates before we were engaged. I know, it was stupid. You don't have to tell me. I know, it was so stupid. That's why our first few years were another hot place, because we got engaged on our third date. But by the grace of God, we are still together. I've given him lots of reasons to leave since then, but he still hasn't, and I'm going to trust that he's never going to. Oh, that reminds me. I finally made a decision about the songs that we're playing during our vow renewal ceremony this summer. Be Thou My Vision is one of my very favorite hymns, and we had it sung at our wedding 25 years ago, and it's still one that I sing all the time in my head, especially at night. And after hearing How Deep the Father's Love this past Friday night at the Good Friday service, I am adding that to our program for this summer. It was all done in minor key, and it was dark and gorgeous, so melancholy and so reverent. Ah, I loved it. And the last song is by a group called Kennedy Rose from the late 80s, early 90s. They wrote a song called Born to Give My Love to You. I think Martina McBride may have done a remake of it a few years ago, and I bet I bet she sounds great singing that. I'll link to it in case you're planning a wedding or a vow renewal ceremony. Feel free to use that song. I just tweaked the lyrics a little bit and sang it to Blair in 1992 at our rehearsal dinner. It was so sweet. I hope you've enjoyed part one of my conversation with Amy Sheehan. And now I'm going to play you an endorsement from another Amy. Hey, love, my name's Amy Grant. Here, it's all about relationships. Join us for more on the next episode, part two of Amy Sheehan, where we talk about a conflict that we had with each other. So be sure to tune in next Wednesday for that. If you haven't already subscribed, go ahead and do that now. It'll pop up right in your feed and you won't even have to think about it. Amy's charity of choice is Together Ministries of Franklin, Tennessee. We have a lot going on here to help the poor. And by all means, do leave a review. Instructions are on my Instagram, Hey Love Podcast. Just another way for you to live out love. Till next time. Bye, love. My thanks to the heroic, handsome, most talented rock star, keyboard player, producer, engineer extraordinaire, and my best friend, Blair Masters, for setting it all to music. And thank you for joining us. Come on back, and we'll talk more about how you can find your happy 
by living life more connected. Um, we got married in 1994. Mm, 1994, 1995. <laughs>